I got black, I got white, what you want? Hop outside a ghost and hop up in a fan on. I know I'm about to blow, oh, oh, when you Welcome, 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 and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And as the NFL season starting to wind down, we're starting to really get a clear sense, at least in one division or one conference of or division, of who is a playoff contender, who is actually a Super Bowl contender, and who are pretty much pretenders. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. We're also going to give my top, I'm also going to give my top 10 in the NBA uh, right now. Of course, I know it's early in the season, but you know, something to talk about. I'm going to talk about college football, college basketball, and a little bit of soccer. So, as we start, the NFL is like, you kind of see what you get. Now, of course, anybody can win, anybody can lose in the playoffs, but right now, the playoff pictures look pretty set. Now, the standings don't look set, of course, right now, but the playoff pictures look set. In the AFC, you have the Baltimore uh, at number one, you have the... Patriots, number two, you have the Bills, Texans, Chiefs, Pittsburgh, Tennessee. You know, you have those. Still in the hunts, of course. You have uh, Indianapolis. You have Oakland. Of course, still in the hunt teams. Uh, Now, I was talking to somebody the other day. We're starting to see the end, I I believe. I don't know. I mean, they can still come out and win the seventh Super Bowl, but... I think we're starting to see the end of the great teams as we know it. And when I say that, I'm talking about the Pittsburgh, I mean, I'm talking about the New England Patriots. I'm talking about the San Antonio Spurs. I'm talking about the Yankees. There's a stat that, that's, that's pretty much famous, at least for the Yankees, in that they have not won a World Series in this decade. That's the first time they can say that in, their, in the history of their team. If you look at the at the at the Spurs, right now the Spurs look like an average run of the mill team. They don't they don't look like they're gonna get anywhere close to fifty wins. They don't look like they're gonna get anywhere close to the playoffs. Now I'm not saying Greg Popovich isn't a good coach, and I'm not saying that they don't have some good pieces. They still have Lamarcus Aldridge. They still have um, Demar Derozan. DeJounte Murray, but this Spurs team does not look anywhere close to a, not even a, not even close to a, they don't even look close to a playoff team right now. And then we go to the Patriots. For the longest, the Patriots have had deficiencies at wide receiver. They've had deficiencies at running back. However, they've had Tom Brady playing at a at an all-time level. They had Gronk playing at an all-time level. And with Gronk being gone, and now Brady looking a lot more human than 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 ever, the Patriots window for error is definitely closing. And with that window for error closing or narrowing, I believe their Super Bowl chances are narrowing. They just lost to who did they just lose to? The Patriots just lost to the uh, the Houston Texans. A series, by the way, that the Patriots have dominated against the Texans. But 
they lost to the Texans, and it's not it's not just how they lost. It's I mean, it's not just who they lost to, it's how they lost. When you look at the two losses that the Patriots had, right now the Patriots are ten and two. So it's a little bit of well, they are ten and two. They are, you know, second in the AFC, but they haven't really played any good team. The best team they played in that the best three teams they played are four teams. The best four teams they've played, they lost to two of them. And they beat the Cowboys, but we'll talk about the Cowboys in a second. They beat the Bills, but we'll talk about the Bills in a second. But they lost, and they lost pretty handedly to the Ravens, who's number one in the division, and the Houston Texans, who, while the score might look close, might look close towards the end, as in 28-22. It was really, it wasn't really a close game, at all. They were, the the Houston Texans thoroughly controlled that game from start to finish. Really, we're starting to see Brady, and and I'm not taking away from any of Brady's greatness, any of what he's done, but we're starting to see that Brady's. Right now, it's not, we're not sure Brady can 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 take this team, put this team on his back like he's done time and time again, like last year. He put it on his back along with Julian Edelman, and they got to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. We're starting to see Brady can't. It's not looking like Brady can do that these, you know, now. Now I know you're saying, but they're ten and two. They only lost twice. But it's not just. It's not just how they lost. I mean, it's not just the. T- I'm not really looking at the ten. They haven't really played any cow. The, the best wins they have, like I said, is the Bills and the Cowboys. I'm not really looking at the 10. I'm looking at the two. The Patriots have, have done something that, that Alabama does a lot. And they, it, it's, they do not play t- like tough opponents, really. They don't, they don't really play to the caliber of their team. And when they do, they have a slugfest. And when they did... When they do play, as in the Patriots, play a team of their caliber, which is the Ravens, which is the Texans, they have lost. You can feast on the Dolphins. You can feast on the Jets. You can feast on the Patriots these days. I mean, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers these days. You can, uh, you can feast on the Oakland Raiders. But when you play teams, oh, and... and, and they haven't even played Kansas City Chiefs yet with Patrick Mahomes. So when I look at the Patriots, I see a team, an old team. I see a team that's old, I see a team that's aging, and I see a team unfortunately that are out of they they don't have that number two punch anymore. That number two punch used to always be Gronk. Oh, excuse me, I'm a little sick, so if you hear me, you know. But that number two used to be Gronk. Or that number two used to be Bill Belichick's coaching, even though the number one was so high, which is Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. I mean, it, it was kind of and or. While Bill Belichick still has great coaching and they still have a really, they have a really good defense, their defense... Their defensive struggles, one thing that you see with their defense is the way to beat their defense is 
speed. If you have speed, you can beat their defense. Their defense is really solid when it comes to slower opponents or when it comes to opponents that might not be as well coached as them. But when you play a, 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 an opponent with, with speed or that is highly coached, right now the Patriots had a disadvantage. Look at their two losses. Baltimore is one of the quickest teams or the fastest teams in the NFL with Lamar Jackson, with uh, Mark Ingram, with some of their receivers, Willie Sneed. They are quick. When you look at Houston Texans, they have one of the quickest wide receiver core. When you have Kenny Stills, when you have Deshaun, uh, no, DeAndre Hopkins, when you have Will Fuller. And the team that they haven't played yet, which to me is the fastest team in the NFL, is the Kansas City Chiefs with Tyreek Hill, with Travis Kelsey, who's a tight end, but he's quick, with Sammy Watkins, and of course you have Patrick Mahomes. Do I think the Patriots are good enough to make it to the Super Bowl? I think if they get the right matchup, maybe. Or I think if whoever they play has a bad game, maybe. But if they play Baltimore at their at their at, if Baltimore is a hundred percent and the Patriots at a hundred percent, I don't have them winning that game. If Houston Texans are a hundred percent and the Patriots at a hundred percent, I don't have them winning that game. If Kansas City Chiefs are at a hundred percent and the Patriots at a hundred percent, I don't have them winning that game. And that's just in the AFC. We're not even going to talk. We're not talking about the NFC right now. That is, that is, that's that's on another level. Minus the Baltimore Ravens, because the Baltimore Ravens right now are the best team in the NFL, if you ask me. And their record kind of, well, who they've beaten kind of shows that. But all I'm saying is, we're looking at the end of greatness. In a lot of a lot of areas, like I said, we're talking about the Spurs. That I'm not taking Greg Popovich is still a great coach, but you don't have the the pillars. You don't have the Tim Duncan's. You don't have the Tony Parkers. You don't have the Model Genovas. You don't have the Kawhi Leonard's. And you look at the Yankees. You don't have you have teams that's catching up to the Yankees. Hell, the Nationals just won. The Nationals and Astros won, and the Boston Red Sox have won. In the last five years. And the Yankees haven't won in the last 10 plus. When you look at the Patriots, Tom Brady looks like he's 42. Yes, Tom Brady still has some incredible games. He still can throw the ball. He still has one of the best minds in the NFL. But his body, I'm not saying his body's breaking down. I'm not saying he's too old to play. What I'm saying is he looks older. And he looks like, he looks like it's more of a, he looks like he, it, he looks like, when you look at him and Lamar Jackson on the field, they look completely different. When you look at him and Deshaun Watson on the field, they look completely different. Deshaun Watson looks, looks quicker, faster, stronger. And, and honestly, he looks like the better quarterback. Same as Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson in the MVP race. But what I'm saying, and of course, I think at this moment, at this point of their careers, they will be better than Tom Brady. But what I'm saying is Tom Brady, Tom Brady is not the strength of the Patriots right now. In fact, Tom Brady is one of the weaknesses of the Patriots right now. And I think that more than anything is hurting the Patriots. That their offense, along with Tom Brady, can't sustain, their defense is able to keep them in games. 
Their defense might be able to win them some games. But when it comes to the playoffs and when it comes to teams like the Ravens, like the Chiefs, like the, uh, the Texans, I don't know if their, their defense can bail them out. We've seen with the Texans and with the uh, Ravens, their defense can only hold them for so long. So, I don't, I see, I think the Patriots can go far. I mean, it's still the Patriots, still Bill Belichick in the playoffs. And they might even be able to knock off a, a heavy hitter like the Kansas City Chiefs, like the Houston Texans. But if you ask me, at this very moment, can they beat a team like the Ravens in the playoffs? Especially, look, seeing as though if, if the Ravens went out and the Patriots went out, the, the Ravens will have home field and the Patriots won't. I don't see it happening. I do not see it happening. But, you know, crazy things are happening in football. And let's talk about the Ravens real quick. The What we're seeing out of the Ravens is something that, one, we haven't seen before, of course, especially in the quarterback offense position. But we're starting to see, especially last week when they beat the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers and how they beat them. We're starting to see that the Ravens can win in multiple ways. They can win as a running attack. They can win as an air attack. They can win when their offense is struggling. The defense can win them games. We're starting to see one question that the Ravens have had is, are they a complete team? We knew that they had a really good offense. We knew that they had a really good defense. We knew that they had an MVP quarterback. We knew that they had a star running back in Mark Ingram. We knew that they had a really good coach in John Harp or Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, but, or one of them Harbaugh's, (laughs) but we didn't know how complete of a team they can be. We didn't know that when they go up against a team with the caliber of a San Francisco who is the, you know, had the best record in the league, we didn't know how they would fare. And, I'm, and, and we're starting to run out of excuses for the Ravens. And, and, I, and I don't mean that in a, in, a, in a bad way at all. I mean that is a lot of people are like, oh, well, Lamar Jackson can't really throw the ball. He's still a run-first quarterback, or all he does is run, or their running game is only Lamar Jackson, or they don't have, you know, all he really does is pass to the tight ends, or their defense um, gives up big plays, or this, that, and the third. We can't say that anymore. And it's not just with this win against the 49ers. It's what we've seen throughout the year. Uh, Lamar Jackson, all he does is run the ball. All right, boom. He has multiple games with four touchdown passes. Four or five touchdown passes. Oh, all they can do is win. All they can do is it's just an offensive heavy team. As you saw last week, the offense was struggling. The defense is what kept him in the game. If you saw with uh, with when they played Tom Brady and the Patriots, their defense made Tom Brady uncomfortable all night. Right now, now I know it's still early. I mean, it's only twelve games, and you, I mean, I know it's early, and I know anything can happen. But right now, the Ravens look. Not only are they the most complete team, but they look damn near unstoppable. And I don't mean that to say 
that no team can beat them, of course. But I, I mean that to say it's hard to find a glaring weakness. Yeah, they might have some weaknesses, but glaring weakness, like a weakness that could prevent them from winning at all, I don't, I don't see that. Lamar Jackson has a bad, a bad passing day. He can still run for 150 yards. You still have Mark Ingram in that ground and pound. You still have the defense that you can't throw on or can't run on. The Mark, Mark Ingram is having a bad game. Well, Lamar Jackson is throwing for 280 yards, rushing for 150. The offense is, is, is playing inept. Well, the defense has four turnovers. Right now, the Ravens look like the most complete team. Not only do they look like the most complete team, they don't have this. I'll say like this. And I'll just give it away. The second, to me, the second most complete team in the NFL are the Saints. And it just so happens that the Saints, along with the Seahawks and along with the 49ers, are 10 and, 10 and 2. To me, the Saints have a glaring weakness. The Ravens don't. The Saints' glaring weakness is their secondary. Yes, Marcus or um, yeah, Marcus Lattimore is Marcus Lattimore is really good. But when you have a player like Eli Apple that the that the the, the Falcons singled out and was very successful when they were going against Eli Apple or when they were going to Eli Apple. That's the problem. We look at what the Saints had, uh, I think nine sacks and like three turnovers or three give or three um, interceptions, I believe, or three or two. But we also got to realize Atlanta Falcons has been horrible this year, especially on the offensive line. And Matt Ryan has been off; he hasn't been, he hasn't ever been comfortable. So when you have, when Matt Ryan looked his best, it was throwing against Eli Apple. That game, and that was on like last Thursday. That was for Thanksgiving. Oh, speaking of that, happy things or happy belated Thanksgiving. A uh, happy holidays, whoever doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. I hope you guys, you know, I love you guys. Thank you. Happy holidays. But again, the Ravens, it, the Ravens to me don't have a glaring weakness. Outside of the Ravens, I have I can see the Patriots winning the AFC. Of course, again. We say this, we say all the all the the problems that the Patriots have, and they can still go out and and have some of the what four three of the four three complete games, and win the Super Bowl. I can see Houston Texans making it to the Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson kind of played like it's very rare that he loses a game or and I, when I say lose a game it's very aware that he, the mistakes that he makes loses you a game um with Carlos Hyde he you know they have a good running attack with Duke Johnson um and of course like I said the speedy receivers and Stills and Fuller and Deshaun or De, DeJounte Hopkins I can see them going hot and of course you have Kansas City Chiefs to me their glaring weakness is their defense but they have the quickest or the fastest offense in the league. 
So I don't see that I could see, of course, Patrick Mahomes, the reigning MVP. I can see him carry the team. But outside of that, I don't see anybody else in the AFC uh, vying for a Super Bowl. I mean, the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has been the best rusher in the last, what, like four weeks or four or five weeks. But, you know, you have Ryan Tannehill as your yeah, Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback. And not saying he hasn't been good, but when you stack him up against Patrick Mahomes, when you stack him up against uh, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, uh, Tom Brady, I just don't see it. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, while their their offense is their weakness uh, with Josh Allen, you don't really know what they'll do. They do have one of the best defenses in the league. But while they did beat the Cowboys, I don't see them making it far in the playoffs. In fact, I don't see them making it out of round one in the playoffs uh, because, again, their offense is, is, is really their, their, their weakness. And in the offensive league, that's, not, that's a problem. But they do have a solid defense. Don't get me wrong. Their, their defense is one of the top, I guess, five in the league. But yeah, I don't know. And that's it for the AFC. I mean, I don't trust the Oakland, even though they're showing the hunt. Indianapolis Colts, no, that no. Even though they do have the best offensive line in the league, the Browns. Don't get me started on the Browns. Uh huh. The Browns are so so much a disappointment. It's not even funny. And other than that, no. Nope. So let's move over to the NFC. The NFC is a little different. So the NFC, you have the Saints, the Seahawks, the 49ers, Green Bay, the Vikings, the Rams the Cowboys, and the Bears. And I will throw in the Eagles. And the Panthers. No, not the Panthers. The Panthers aren't making it. So, while when you look at the... To me, the NFC, while it's a lot, it's very top-heavy, the top is immaculate. <laughs> The AFC is top-heavy as well, but when we look at teams that could win the Super Bowl, if you ask me in the NFC, I have one, two, three, four, four teams. Uh, five? Four teams that can win the Super Bowl. Oh, I guess I have four teams in the AFC, too. When you look at the Saints, to me, they are the second most complete team in the league. With Drew Brees, even if Drew Brees is down, you have Teddy Bridgewater, you have Michael Thomas, you have Alvin Kamara, you have a a, a really good uh, offensive line, you have a really good defense. Their glaring weakness to me is that secondary. But when you're able to, they 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 haven't had a game except for when they got destroyed by I think it was the Atlanta Falcons. They haven't had a game where they've beaten the the Saints looked the part. Let me just say that. The Saints look like a team that can win it all. You have the quarterback. Drew Brees hasn't slowed down, even though he's not really throwing the ball deep, but when it's like death by a thousand cuts. Like like what the uh, Patriots do all the time. Slants, 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 slants. Another weakness and this, while this is a weak, this isn't that much of a weakness, but it could be a problem when eighty percent of your offense, or 
when more than 40% of your offense, let me say that, when more than 40% of your offense is going to one player, and that's Michael Thomas, how great is he is, you can shut him down. Now you're, tr- now you're, you're, you're instilling trust in people, except for Alvin Kamara, that I don't know is too trustworthy. So, now, of course, Drew Brees will make it work, but, again, that could be a problem, especially come playoff time. When Michael Thomas, when, when you look on the screen and every time, nearly every time Drew Brees throws the ball, Michael Thomas is the, is the receiver. It's like, ah, okay. But Michael Thomas catches the ball. We were wrong. That's just, we'll see how that goes in the playoffs. Um, but the Saints, to me, is the most complete team. Seahawks, we saw last night uh, with against the Vikings. It's hard to count out Russell Wilson, man. It's To me, it's still neck and neck between him and Lamar Jackson for the MVP. But it's hard to count the Seahawks out because they show you time and time again with Carson, with uh, Russell Wilson, with Penny, with um, Lockett. They 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 are that some of the and Bobby Wagner some of their strengths are now become the weakness. I mean some of their weaknesses are now strengths. Right now we didn't know who the hell um, Russell Wilson was going to throw or or depend on on the offensive side of the ball. Now you have a, a really good really solid running game. You have uh, speedy receivers. You have a tight end who I don't even know this man's name, but you turned him into a freaking solid tight end and then you have the coaching and you still have the the, the, uh, a a ferocious defense the Seahawks time and time again show us they're on a five game winning streak like they they continue to show us don't count us out because again they who would have thought starting this season that the Seahawks would be tied for the best record in the league with one, two, three, four, with four other teams, the Seahawks that lost Jimmy Graham, that lost their entire defense, really, except for Bobby Wagner, that that doesn't have beast mode, that doesn't have a legit number one, like doesn't have a Michael Thomas, doesn't have a De'Aaron, De'Aaron, I keep saying De'Aaron, doesn't have a DeAndre Hopkins, doesn't have a Julio Jones. Who would have thought they would be 10 and 2? Uh, not me. But that really just shows, and, 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 and that really just, uh, you know, that shows just the greatness of, of Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll and the coaching staff. So you have that. You have Green Bay, who, while they, you still have Aaron Rodgers, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the league you have Devontae Adams um you have Aaron Jones who's been really good Jimmy Graham who who is a red zone target how big he is but this is the first time their defense while the defense isn't isn't a top tier defense they aren't as bad as they used to be and that's why I could see them making it far in the playoffs because they their defense has always been a liability. While I don't think it's a liability, it's not one of their one of their 
you know what? It's not one of their strengths, but it's not one of their liabilities. Let me say that. Their defense has games where they look incredible. They look like gangbusters. Then they have games where they look like they're getting their head blown in. So we'll see how it goes. To me, it's, it's, while you still have Aaron Rodgers and you still have the weapons on offense, we need to see how the defense is. And, and we need to see how far the defense can take them. So, and you're probably wondering why I skipped San Francisco because I want to... I want to have a talk about San Francisco. With Jimmy Garoppolo, with Nick Bosa, Richard Sherman, in that, and DeForest Buckner in that defense, the reason why I don't think that they're the most... They're 10-2. They could very well be in the Super Bowl. The reason why I would pick the Saints over them, the reason why I would have no problem picking the Seahawks over them is because of the offense. Their defense is an historic defense. Their defense is one of the best defenses that the league has seen in years. Maybe you can you might be able to go as far back as, well, it's not that far back, but Seattle's defense, you know, the, the Legion of Boom. Well, I don't know if it's better than the Legion of Boom. You, you get the gist. I don't know how far their offense can take them. Yes, Jimmy G has had incredible games, but he's had games where he's lost them. He's had games where their defense has been able to keep up the pace or keep up with a team, but their offense hasn't. They've had games, where, and they've won most of these games, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. when It's like, to me, the way to beat the 49ers is make them an offensive team. If you can take their defense out the game or, or limit their defense and put it mostly on their offense, I think you have a good shot, and to me, that is a problem. Now, don't get me wrong. The 49ers can still win it all. They, they are that good. But to me, to me, it's going to be, and this is how I see it. In the, AFC, the, the conference championship, I have the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. And in the NFC, I have the Saints and the 49ers. I have, because the Saints can beat you a multiple of like can beat you more like in, in multi, a multitude of ways. I have the Saints beating the 49ers. While the 49ers might have a better personnel, I still think the Saints use their weapons a lot better than the 49ers use theirs. And I don't it's funny how the only like the only team but the only really good team that the Ravens have not beaten is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that's going to change. I think that the Kansas City Chiefs defense is so bad, it's not even funny. So, I have the Ravens and the Saints in the Super Bowl. There's that. Um, before I get off of football, let's talk about the NFC East. I'm a Redskins fan, as you can kind of see back there. I'm a Redskins fan. 
you know it's bad when the Redskins still have a mathematical shot of making the playoffs, and they are three and nine right now. The Cowboys right now sit at the top of the um, standings in the NFC East, and because of that, they are in the playoffs. Right now, it's six and six. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Probably. Um, they, I, it's either them and the Eagles who are also or who are five and seven. But the Eagles just lost to the to the to the dim. I mean to the Dolphins. So <laughs> the problem is the Cowboys. Their roster, they could have the best roster in the league. It's just I don't know if it's strictly coaching. I don't know what it is, but they just don't. They lose. They haven't. They have yet to beat. A team that's above 500 right now. This entire year. They had a shot with Buffalo. They lost. They had a shot with Green Bay. They lost. They. They play the Bears. This Thursday. And they're 6-6. Six and six. So. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The NFC East is bad, man. Let me let me get off the NFC East, man. The Cowboys probably will make the playoffs, but I don't see them getting out of round one. That's just that. So, um, moving forward, um, before I give, I guess that's the last thing I'm doing is to give my top ten in the NBA. Let me give some. Let me see. Uh, college football. Alabama lost to Auburn, and because of that, they have, to me, no shot of making it to the the college football playoffs. Um, yes, LSU, I mean, no, yeah, LSU still has to play Georgia, and they're both in the top ten. But even if one of them loses, I don't see Alabama making it. I see maybe a Houston making it, um, not Houston, maybe a Utah making it if they beat Oregon. Um, I, don't, I, I just don't see... Alabama after losing two games now. I don't see the committee justifying a two-win team making it to the college football playoffs. Now, yes, I know it's Alabama, but still, like they will get so much heat just because again, they've they've lost twice and they've lost to opponents better than them. So, I don't I don't I don't see Alabama. I think Alabama's hopes for making the college football playoffs. This will be the first year to me Alabama will not be in the college football playoffs. Um, Michigan lost to Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State is the number one team. Um, and I think that we have a lot of unrealistic expectations for Michigan. Like, Michigan hasn't, hasn't, this, Michigan hasn't been in a, in a championship or hasn't been in contention for a championship in a while. Um, their best season was last year or two years ago when they were like number two and then they lost. So Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh, one of them two, I think it's Jim, one of them Harbaugh's for Michigan is a, is a really good coach. It's just I think they have too much, too much realistic, uh, unrealistic expectations for him. 
They expect him to come in and make Michigan, who hasn't been a powerhouse in a while, or when I say powerhouse, who hasn't been a, a, a championship-type team in a while. They expect him to come in and just automatically turn around a team that hasn't been that team in a while. I just don't see it. Um, you know, right now the Final Four is LSU, in no particular order, LSU, Georgia, uh, Clemson, and, and Ohio State. I don't know if Georgia – I think it depends. I think if Georgia and LSU come down to maybe like a three-point game, I can still see both of them making it. Um, but if, like, if Georgia blows out LSU or LSU blows out Georgia, I can see Utah coming in. Um, that might be it. You know, like I, that's, that's how I see it. I don't see Clemson losing at all. I don't see uh, Ohio State losing at all unless they lose – no, they don't. I don't see Ohio State losing at all. So, I don't. I really don't see LSU losing. Um, so it really depends on Georgia, you know. So, um, other than that, let's see. Let's see. Before I do that, early college basketball takeaways. Um, there isn't a clear cut fit. A clear cut best team to me. Uh, Duke is young. Um, can't Kentucky lost to. Some school. <laughs> um, North Carolina has their offensive struggles. Maryland has their offensive struggles, even though they did win the Orlando Orlando Invitational, I believe. But and they look, they do look good. But they have offensive struggles. Um, Kansas has struggles. It's like right. I know, again, I know it's very early in the season, but most teams look young. Memphis, they lost Wiseman so for twelve games. So I don't. I don't, it's really hard to see Gonzaga, I mean, they lost. So it's like, I don't know who, I mean, there to me, there isn't a clear cut number one. I mean, of course, there's a number one in the rankings right now, but I don't have a, I, to me, most of the top teams can lose. And they can lose a multitude of ways. It's just how will they win? So, or how will they lose? You know, it's like, I don't. Or how could they lose? Like like Duke can Duke isn't a big team. While Duke is a big team, neither is uh, North Carolina, neither is is Kansas, neither is Kentucky. They're not big teams, so if they they could lose to a big team. Georgia has uh, Ohio Ohio State has a, a score. Georgia has a score. Georgia has one of the best um, one of the best score. I forgot his name. I think it's like Anthony something. In fact, I'm looking it up. But Georgia has. Um, has one of the best best players in the entire um Anthony Edwards. He could be number one draft pick. Like that man is a is a hooper. So I, to me there isn't one dominant team and that's what that's that's what I've I've drew from this whole situation. Again, I know it's early. I know we we haven't even we're not even close to conference play yet, but that's you know that's what I'm saying. Um, and what's, what is, another thing I'm talking about, what is going on with, with Georgetown, man? Georgetown has three players, I'm not going to say their names because it hasn't been confirmed, uh, that, it, you know, they have to have their due process, so I'm not going to put their names out there, uh, but three Georgia, or Georgetown players were accused of burglary and assault, so they're under investigation, and 
James, I can, Akinjo, if I say your name wrong, I apologize. James Akinjo and Josh LeBlanc are leaving the program. I don't know what's going on with Georgetown, man. Uh, while Georgetown hasn't been a powerhouse in a while, it's still uh, a t- one of the prestige places to play. Um, you know, you've had Allen Iverson, you've had Patrick Ewing, you've had greats come in there. I just don't get what's going on. And of course, more will be revealed. But right now, Georgetown's going through through a little bit of turmoil. And I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't, I really don't know. Um, I don't know. And uh, Messi won the Ballon. Oh, hold up. Messi and uh, Maga Robbie, Mac, Margaret, Margaret Robbie. I'm sorry if I, I got her. Margaret Robbie, that's it. <laughs> Margaret, that's not her at all. <laughs> Hold on, I'm, I'm going to look her up, guys. I'm going to look her up. Um, she, they won the, um, they won the, damn, I'm going to get her name right. Don't Hold on, give me a second. I know what it is. It's on the top of my tongue, but I am going to get this right. Give me a second. Give me a second. How do you say her name? Are you serious? Hold on. I'm going to get her name right. I'm going to get her name right. Megan Rapino. Boom. Leon Messi and Megan Rapino wins this year's Ballon d'Or, um, which is like the MVP of, of soccer, um, they won it, and this is, I don't know if this is uh, Megan's first time, but I know this is Messi's sixth time, time breaking the record with Cristiano Ronaldo for most all time. Um, you know, we talk about sustained, or sustained greatness, we talk about LeBron James, we talk about um, Tom Brady, we talk about Bill Belichick, we talk about Greg Popovich, but we very rarely talk about soccer greats. Like, we don't talk about how Messi is still one of the best soccer players in the world, or Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the best soccer players in the world, and they've been playing since, like, the 1990s. So when we talk about greatness and sustained greatness, oh, of course, with Serena Williams and everything, let's not forget how Messi is still doing it. Cristiano Ronaldo is still doing it. So... You know, shouts out to them. Uh, shouts out to Megan. No, shouts out to Megan Rapino as well as uh, Lionel Messi for winning the Ballon d'Or. Uh, if I say that wrong, I'm sorry. Um, but lastly, before we go, I'm gonna give my top ten NBA teams uh, so far this year. Um, I know it's early in the season. I don't, we haven't even played a quarter of the season yet. but Or we probably have played a quarter of the season yet. But, you know, I'm just going to give my top ten. So, number ten, I have Miami. Uh, Jimmy Butler has played great. Yeah, Miami hasn't really played anybody so far. But they, um, Miami has beaten a lot of people on their schedule. And they looked good. They looked great defensively. Charlie Euro looks really good. Kendrick Nunn is one of the best uh, rookies in the league. He could be he could be in the running for rookie of the year. Um, 
And Miami just right now looks like a, a, a complete team. While they they haven't really played anybody, and when they do play, you know, good, you know, it's a it's a dog fight. But right now, number ten is Miami. Number nine is Dallas. What Luka Doncic, who is in the race for the MVP, as well as uh, Porzingis has done, has been incredible. Um, it's really been those two and a but. You know, I'm not saying it's those two and nothing, but. The, that duo has really charged Dallas. Hell, they just beat the Lakers uh, the other night. So, Luka, like I said, is the MVP candidate. And Porzingis, that combination is one of the best in the league. And that's why they're number nine. Uh, number eight, I have the 76ers. You still have Ben Simmons. You still have Joel Embiid. Um, there are nights when... They look like one of the best defensive teams in the history of the league. Then there are nights when they look straight horrible. The problem in that I'm starting to consistently see with 76, and we kind of knew this was offensively. That was their problem last year, but it's, it's really it's starting to rear its head again this year. Offensively, they still need to find their identity. They don't really have a shooter shooter, and I think especially going Later on in the season, especially towards trade deadline, they might address that or they should address that. But right now, number eight is uh, 76ers. Number seven is Toronto. Toronto is one of the scariest teams in the league. You have Pascal Siakam, who it, to me should be in the MVP race. Um, he's looked incredible. Uh, Kyle Lowry's still out being hurt. Um, Sergi Bach is in and out the lineup with, with injury. But... At full strength, even losing Danny Green, even losing Kawhi Leonard, they are still one of the best teams in the league behind the play of Pascal Siakam and the defense that they play. Um, number six, I have the Boston Celtics. Uh, Kimball Walker has been a, a, a great find for them. While he's not better than Kyrie Irving, I think that he's better for that team, which is the Boston Celtics. Um Marcus Smart, which I don't, I still don't get why they have Marcus Smart taking end of the game shots. I'm, I'm never going to understand that, but Marcus Smart has looked good. Jason Tatum has looked great. Um, that that team looks like a, a a more cohesive team than they did last year. Um, and again, this is no slight to Kyrie Irving or anything. They just look more cohesive, and they look like a team that Brad Stevens is able to coach. I think with Kyrie Irving's ego. He might not have been the easiest person to coach. Don't get me wrong. He's still a great player. But I think Brad Stevens, uh, you know, has the players now with Kimball Walker to coach. And I think that's why I have Boston at six. Number five, I have Houston. Right now, James Harden, to me, should be one or two or top three in the MVP race. He He's one of the greatest scorers that we've ever seen. And while they the team defensively is horrible, and I mean horrible with a capital H. James Harden has looked great. James, Russell Westbrook, he hasn't found his shot yet. Well, Russell Westbrook really can't shoot, but he's still high octane, high energy, still gives you triple doubles. It's really hard stopping those two, or when, with one, with, when one is on, it's really hard slowing down at least one of them. So when both is on, you, you know how it goes. So I have number, I have Houston at five. Number four, I have Denver. Denver, to me, is more 
a complete team or has been more of a complete team this year than Denver. While they don't, while Jokic hasn't been playing anywhere close to the level that James Harden's been playing, or Jamal Murray has been playing at the same level as Russell Wilsbrook has been playing, Denver has been playing more of a cohesive team, and we've seen, you know, beating uh, Utah bad, beating uh, some really good teams, or being in games. You're starting to see Denver is starting to look like the Denver of last year. I don't know how deep they can go in the playoffs, but they are looking or you can tell that they're trying to win every game to get that number one seed. So that's why I have Denver at four. Three, I have the Clippers. Um, one thing that the Clippers are not doing that we they're not playing defense as we expected them. And I'm not saying they're not playing defense at all, but we thought they would be a historic team, you know, defensive team off the break with Kawhi Leonard, with Paul George, with um, – Patrick Beverly, and while they have been really good on defense, they haven't been the defensive team that I thought they would. Now, again, this is early in the season, and I think that their defensive play will pick up, but I think that one thing, we haven't, they haven't blown me away defensively yet, and they haven't blown me away offensively yet. Um, you know, the low management's kind of hurting them, but they're still, they're still one of the top teams, and they're still good enough to make, you know, win it all. Uh, I, I like how um, Montrez Harold has played this year. I like how Lou Woods has played this year. The bench has been really good. Um, so they still have enough to win it all. It's just I need to see a little bit more. Uh, the Lakers, number two, they look incredible with LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Uh, Dwight Howard has been great off the bench. Um, one thing that I think, the one problem that the Lakers have is to me they're a little too reliant on Anthony Davis and James Hart. I mean James Hart. Anthony Davis and LeBron James to do everything for them or do a lot for them. However, they've get it they've got it done. LeBron James still looks like one of the best, if not the best player in the league at year seventeen. Um Danny Green has looked really good. They look good as a unit. Kyle Kuzma is still trying to he's looked good even though he's still trying to get acclimated. Um they looked really they look really good and they look like they definitely can win it all. Um but Again, I think that they're a little too reliant on LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And while they're really good defensively, of course, they're older teams. So we, we, I want to see if they can keep it up. So that's why I have the Lakers at two. And number one, I have the Bucks. I mean, at, at this point of the season, they've won 11 straight. Giannis has looked like, to me, a clear-cut MVP. Um, they, he, I thought that losing Malcolm Brogdon would be huge for them, and it hasn't really. They haven't really missed a beat since last year. Um, the Bucks, to me, are the best team in the league, uh, and 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 I know again, I know this is early, but it's hard to to, to convince me otherwise. So, again, they lost. I mean, they've won eleven straight. So, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> So there's my top 10. And there you have it, guys. This has been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I'm going to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. If you do watch on YouTube, um, please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. It would mean the world to me. Please share the podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, if you like listening to it, tell, tell your friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. You know, just just listen to it and, 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 and tell people. I do appreciate it. Um, Unpopular questions. I know I continue to say this, but unpopular questions is coming back. So send your questions. Send your questions. I'm trying to revamp unpopular questions, but send your questions your way, uh, my way, and I'll try to answer them for you. Um, again, this has been this week's what is it, episode 73. I'm kind of rolling on with this. Uh, 
Thank you guys. Happy holidays. And until next time, much love. I was swinging through walls from monkey bars My niggas say, whoa, whoa, they never get old You know who you are Get it and go, let it and go Let's the road and we'll take you far Jury clothes, jacked and froze Pimps and hoes and fancy cars Let me get up in my seat and move my body Take it to a late night.